Welcome to the Metal Maven Podcast, where we explore and discover the process and passions of artists in the metal music and art community. In episode 15 of Metal Maven Podcast, I'm joined by the mesmerizing and soulful Cami Gilbert, lead vocalist of American progressive metal band Oceans of Slumber. Welcome, Cami. It's so wonderful to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a rainy couple of days, and we just finished up a photo shoot, but otherwise laying low and hanging out. Yeah, no no fancy photo shoots for me, but yeah, <laughs> keeping a low profile has been the life lately. This is my return to the mic after being away for a month, so being real, April and even May are very weird, and it still is. Yes. As a musician, this must have been strange to not perform and begin the yearly tour cycle. Besides the obvious quarantine 15, which I'm here with you, I'm fine with it. How has this hiatus affected you artistically? And what do you imagine it will feel like to step onto the stage again? It's, it definitely was a big blow psychologically. After settling into, you know, all the news of quarantine and uh, the social distancing and self-isolation kind of once that settled in and then you realize where you are on the calendar um, it was a pretty big blow um, for me emotionally um, you know we're so we're I we wait all year to to have the summer and the season start up and we had a lot of tours and festivals lined up uh, more so than I think we've even had in previous years and so to finally feel like we had a good team and to have everything working and then for this to happen. Obviously I thought about it a lot that there's, there's a lot of people that probably had big plans and things they were looking forward to. So there's the solidarity and, and all of that. But I, I'm so eager to perform uh, like the human and the, the like present connection is such a big deal to me. Um, I talked to Dauber about it pretty extensively for him. Any amount of downtime becomes a new album. So he's been thriving and creating quite a bit uh, for his other bands, Necrofire and Malignant Altar. He started a quarantine project where he's doing collaborations with different friends locally. So he's been thriving. Isolation breeds creativity, it seems. For him, yes. For me, I feel like it was... It, it's like a little bit of the the opposite where I kind of burrowed in and went into like kind of a hibernation mode where I feel like I have to, there's things like I have to work on myself about and, and, and psychologically about and kind of get to the root of why I feel like I'm creating or what it, what it does for me. I feel like Dauber's kind of like amused to me. The more that I see him do and the more that I see him get excited about stuff, then it's a catalyst for me doing it myself but I feel like it's not it's not always there just organically for me as readily as it is for him I feel like a big part of my artistic expression is the performance side of it and I really need the feedback and like the real life validation I guess to to want to continue to kind of perpetuate that cycle I think it's just a truth about when you when you become an artist, I guess, or, or like a performance artist, like when you are used to doing like live shows. 
Yeah, well, that's the conclusion of the creation process. It's delivering it and then receiving that feedback. So it's this weird phase you're in where it's it's not happening. Right. It's like I made it and it's out there and things on the internet just don't feel as real. Like even if people say nice things or they give you feedback, and it's not just necessarily like praise, but just it's like, did you really hear it? Did you really <laughs> did you really get it? Or you know, is this are you just saying that because it's just all digital and it's all online that. I want to I want to see and ha- have that conversation with them, so to speak, just in in, in real life, like face to face. It's it's just different. Yeah, totally different energy when you're singing to someone and then you're you're seeing their faces, you're seeing their reaction. It's just the internet can't really give you that. <laughs> no. In March, it was announced that the new Oceans of Slumber album was finished. You mentioned that it's the best music you've made so far. Can you provide any further insight into this upcoming release? I don't know if you can say the album title or the release day or maybe even the concept. I can say a few things. It's a self-titled album. It's our first, or I don't know first, but it's our official self-titled album. So it's called Oceans of Slumber. We are really excited about this new album for a lot of reasons. It's a step in, uh, not necessarily a different direction, but more so uh, a vein of, I feel like when, when Oceans came out, we had so many different facets of, of where we were that we could really choose a different road to go down with each song. And so with The Banished Heart, that was a much heavier, doomier album, which chronicled from things like This Road and Winter from the Winter album. And so I would say that with the new album coming out, it's... We're picking up the pace, we're picking up the emotion, we're picking up the call to action, the the feverishness of where we feel like society is at internally, with, with where these things are that we want change, and kind of speaking up about issues that are around us and taking our message and making it like more broad versus the banished heart was a lot of introspective. It was a really hard time that we were going through for Dauber and I, and we chronicled that. And I feel like as musicians, you know, that's what we're allowed to do. So this this album is kind of like a for everybody else album, whereas I feel like banished heart was a little bit more personal and for us. And so that being said, I think that there's a lot more elements that people will kind of take to engage with, um, that they, they kind of cling to you and they, they they are catchy and they kind of wrap you up in them and, and are a little bit more unforgettable, so to speak. Listening to Oceans of Slumber, there's like a very unique energy to your music. And so you bring me to the darkest depths and then carry me into the light. I don't know. I like being caught up in it. There's a certain way that you carry me through your music. So I'm really looking forward to how this new album is going to turn out. But going back to your past a little bit, Growing up in Houston, Texas, how did you find your unique voice and your path to the metal realm? I feel like Houston's a very unique place musically. Um, you're in Texas. You have everything. I mean, it, there's a thriving death metal scene, and there's a thriving metal scene. And Texas death metal and Texas metal has its own reputation. And so there's like that. And then there's little baby Cammy that grew up <laughs> with my mother who was from Southside Chicago and my dad was from Ohio so they were like northern people right so they moved down to Houston and they loved R&B and soul and uh, gospel and so I grew up with 
this attachment to my voice and what my voice was meant to do. And in, in coming from the church, you learn that your voice is for like praise and your voice is for, you know, your connection to, to God and, and on all of that. And well, none of that part stuck. So well, the, the takeaway was that, you know, my, my voice had importance and my voice was supposed to be a message for real emotions and for, and always a, a vessel for those mo- emotions to get out and to connect to other people. And so as I moved through the different things that my parents showed me, Luther Vandross, Luther Vandross, uh, Aretha Franklin, like all, all these people, I started to kind of pick up what was going around. So there's a lot of alternative grunge and like rock was on to come up because I'm like an 80s, late 80s baby. So it's like 90s grunge movement like captured my soul. It was Audio Slave. Um stone temple pilots it was all that and slowly you know i want it more i want it heavier i want it harsher and so when i started dabbling and getting into my own bands i feel like the 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 people you run into the quickest are metalheads they're the ones in everybody's garage they're the ones at every bar and and dive place that there was and so somehow i found myself in a well i found myself in a rock band that shared a room with a metal band and next door was Oceans of Slumber. And so it one thing led to another, and Dauber finally saw my band at the time play. And he's like, I got to have that voice for this crazy vision that I have <laughs> of bringing that into metal. And so it just, it worked. It was a, a, a match, made, match made in heaven. He seems to have a crystal clear vision of how things should turn out and then they usually do turn out in his favor yeah he's so driven and he's so focused and he is so knowledgeable about what whatever it is that he's doing that I feel like when you combine those things and they have a way of working out you know the, the way that you want them to for the most part I'm very I'm very fortunate to have him and very grateful for him overseeing how I can contain like my creativity like I'm a very emotional person and I have a lot of ups and downs and he definitely takes that and makes it into what we have. He makes it into these songs. He makes it into this band that if left to my own devices, like none of this would be nearly as organized or as comprehensible <laughs> to other people. And so I'm very thankful. I was always thinking too, I was like, oh man, what if Kimmy just said like, nah, I'll pass. You know, like sometimes I ask people that question, like if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing? Well, I decided I decided that if I wasn't a musician, I'd be a wildlife and game warden. Because, like, next to the CIA and FBI, if I'm even saying this right, because I don't really know, like, my department's of authority. But basically, like, they don't need a warrant. They can just walk in your house. They can search your car. They can just shoot you in the woods. Like, shit's crazy. They can do whatever they want because it's they have to be able to like catch you right there. So it's like, Oh, you shot that deer and you're hiding the body. And they have to be able to like look right there. And so they're insane. So basically any, any form of badassery would have been your next line of profession. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be out there catching hawks and wearing my Mountie hat. I believe you could do it and do it well, Cammy. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so let's move forward to the most recent music that the band has put out and it is a cover of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. On Instagram you had wanted to release this song in February for Black History Month 
And the original is, you know, very profound and enduring. So what was your state of mind when re-envisioning this song for 2020? So we had, we've been in love with this song for a long time. And it's been on our minds to do a cover. And we had put it off and put it off. And so with the release getting pushed back for this newest album, we had this downtime. And we're like, let's just do, you know, a one-off single. And so... It's obviously a super heavy topic, and here in Texas and in the South, it's very prevalent sometimes, the, the contrast amongst, you know, different people. And so we thought, you know, this year is just the year to do it, and the timing worked out originally for us to get it out during Black History Month, but due to different, like, copyright things and you have to get permission to, to do stuff, it, it got pushed back. And so, unfortunately, with the state of affairs in society, the relevance still managed to fall on a very timely era of news coverage. I think that for songs like this, it's important that if they, they it's just important to remember history. It's important to intertwine history with your, your understanding of why people act a certain way on both sides and why there's tensions. It's like, you're never going to figure out how to fix a problem if you don't get to the pearl of it. Like if you don't figure out when it started and where the roots go, then you're never going to unravel it. And so we took some intense photos and we made an intense video and we decided to kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit. I think sometimes it's hard for bands and artists to speak up about issues like this that are important to them somehow the internet's a place where everybody can say everything and nobody can say anything and you know we're we're a a mixed culture band and I felt I felt confident that we we had the credentials to do the song intertwining it with metal we wanted to bring out the doom elements of of a song like that there's a lot of really good essence of doom and a lot of kind of Negro spiritual or Southern gospel type songs. You know, we have, we have more on deck that we want to do. And so we wanted to really bring out those dark undertones and strange fruit and kind of not even modernize it, but just give it even more angst and give it even more emotion. Well, I think it was pretty well received. And I mean, ultimately it's a call for unity to, I mean, you said it perfectly in your Instagram caption, you said, history provides us lessons for the present and hopefully guidance for the future. It teaches us to combine our voices in the name of love to strive against divisiveness, becoming our nature, to uphold and help one another so that never again does strange fruit hang from the poplar tree. This concept of love, you know, you know it's, while it's part of everyone and everything, seems to be a uniting thread in the tapestry of your life, both personally and musically. What have been your most profound moments where love became a catalyst for you artistically? I would say most prominent, it was kind of interwoven. So my dad was a musician growing up, and he was a very troubled man off and on with his like mental health and his like actual health. And towards the end of my high school years, he got leukemia that he would kind of struggle with for about five years before he died back in like 2009 and throughout it all he always had his studio you know we always shared our love of music or had some sort of music on or he's working on you know perpetually working on songs and I feel like that 
that love and that emotion have always been intertwined with who I was as an artist that sometimes to my own detriment, it's like I struggle with feeling artistic if I'm not feeling emotionally unstable, which is a terrible relationship to have. But it's also why I realize so many, I think, musicians end up with substance abuse issues and whatnot that, you know, it's it can come from a real vein, especially when you're making the kind of music that we are. It's, it's serious music, serious issues. It's heavy music for heavy times in people's lives. And so in trying to heal myself and in trying to heal my relationship with my inner artist, let's say, it's learning to love myself and it's learning that I can create music from a place of love. And sometimes it's I have to be more outward with that, even if it doesn't feel as internalized all the time. I love that. I've always said, you know, musicians are healers. All that internal emotion they're feeling, they're creating art from it. And then they're releasing this frequency out into other people and helping heal them. Transmuting all of that into into music, you know, it, it really does help people, even though you may not realize it. So musician is still badass. Still badass <laughs> still badass warriors, you know, just right now. There's just no stage to get on, which is the problem. So in more recent news with you, you're going to be featured on Arian's new album, Transitus, as the character Abby. So this is awesome. I've already interviewed a lot of people who have worked with Arian before. So how did this collaboration happen and what was it like to work with him? So I have to give all credit to Dauber again, making, making sense of all of the madness that is me. We were in the UK, I don't remember exactly where we were, uh, for some shows, and there was an interviewer there who was good friends with Arian, and him and Dauber were talking all serious talk for a good portion of the night, and towards the end, he asked Dauber if there was anything he wanted to let Arian know, and Dauber was like, play him the Vanished Heart, and if he could ever find a spot for any of us on the next album, then that would be awesome. And then you like fast forward and I get, well, first Dauber gets a message asking if, if it would be all right to reach out to me. And then Arian reached out to me and I, I was absolutely blown away because when I first got into metal and I first, we started really exploring the progressive side with my, my listening, all of the Arian albums came up and it was so cool to see all these artists that, that I had come to learn about you know their their own projects come together for this collaboration and it's wonderfully written to be a storyline like I love anime and things with sagas and so it was just right up my alley so I was super freaking excited we went out to see him and he he was super easy to work with because he's actually the first person that I worked with that wasn't Dauber like I'm I'm an anxious ball like if I were an animal I'd be a rabbit that had a heart attack if somebody clapped too loud I totally understand you (laughs) I'm very very sensitive and so I was really nervous to just have you know a different producer there or just someone else because like Dauber's just always at the at the helm of of what we do and so I was just super nervous like how does this work how's this gonna go and he's really tall he's the tallest person I think I've ever stood next to He's just, he looks like this super tall, like, musical wizard. I love it. Yes, and he is. But he's super kind. He knows what he wants. He's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. And, and he's already kind of written the parts, let's say, with you in mind. And so 
it, it's just, it was super easy to work with him. He's incredibly nice and put me at ease. The direction that he gives for, it's like, you know, do it like this or I want some more. Like, it, it was incredibly easy. And so I, I was very happy. I was super stoked. It was really hard to keep it a secret for this long. I know. I, well, I finally saw your, like, it was like a little video of you on YouTube on his channel. So I was like, oh my God, I have to talk to her about this. So can you reveal anything more about your character at all? Or is that's just part of the storyline? I can't talk about it yet. Well, I'm Abby. That much I can say. I can say whatever he said already. All right. So my last question for you looks to the future. Since Texas and surrounding areas are beginning to open up, what is the game plan to promote this new album cycle and allow fans a chance to hear and interact with the band? Were you thinking maybe like a live stream album release show? Like, what are you guys thinking about right now? We're absolutely not opposed to any of that. I wonder and I worry. It's like, I don't want people to get bored of, but not bored. It's like the live streams and the, and the, people sitting around it's like i don't i don't know obviously like i I fear about like oversaturation i don't want to just give people something that they don't really think that that would be like exciting that being said like we we most certainly want to interact and get that first impression and hear what people think i'm really excited to try and get a little bit more creative with it and how the dynamic of the live stuff works and and just how many different ways we can kind of give it that cool exclusivity but at the same time make it broad enough that everybody feels like they can kind of have some time with us so yeah i would say absolutely like there's there's definitely live streams there's i don't know about the album like an album release show we have to figure out something we have a good connection with some venues here that i'm always like i want to go really big and do it all fancy and not in our tiny house living room (laughs) but what i want what can be done are two different things apparently live live streaming video production is a lot further behind than I would have thought. It's not HD, as we've seen. <laughs> Pretty much what everyone sees is what you get. And so we want we definitely want to do something where it's it's live so people can talk to us and, and interact. But I obviously want the the quality to be there too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you know the band, it's Illumi Shade. It's Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they just did their album release live stream. So that's what I was like instantly in my head, like, oh that could be a good option. No, it's all super, I mean, it's super cool, and I get excited. They'll be friends, but it's like Tom England, he goes live, and it's all, watch him, what is he doing? <laughs> it's like, you could talk to him if we wanted to, but we're like, no, but he's live. <laughs> Say something in his comments, so. Yeah, I think this, just this time in the music industry is just a very strange one, and everyone has to get extremely creative and kind of dealing with, um, with this kind of scarcity that's, it's not to say that people don't want to hear music. It's just like the physical aspect of it is scarce. There, there's nothing we can do about it right now. Yeah, it's so two-sided. I think it makes people realize the importance and the impact that live music has on them. And then at the same time, how much you're listening to music in your daily lives. So let's say your streaming habits change because you're not commuting because things are closed for a bit, right? Or would jam an album or like the discography of a band all week because you were going to go see them at the end of the week or something that those habits have kind of changed and the coming together that a live show is people would joke about it all the time you have people that go to concerts just to talk in the back the whole time (laughs) but it's like there there's so there's so many elements to it and so much coming together that it's it makes me really sad and it and it it's I can't say like scary. It's not like scary if it doesn't come back, but 
to know that it really could be changed for a very long time, the dynamic in which live shows, especially for something like metal, it's like the bigger the crowd, the better it works. It's, it's not, you know, soft acoustic coffeehouse music. You can't have 25, 50 people on a show and that be okay. Yeah, there's no social distancing. There's mosh pits. People are sweaty. Yeah, it's not going to work that way. Right. And so we have to get we have to get creative. We have to figure out what that means. And if if it's enough for certain artists, you know, it's like I don't feel like I'm alone. I think that I've learned more about the types of artist personalities during this than before that, you know, for some people, it's like if you can't do it live, do you want to do it anymore? Or if you could never perform live, what it, what does that mean? Everybody doesn't have home rigs or home studios or all that either. So it's there's just so many variables to it. And to get that quality, you'd need like a, you know, you'd need an actual production happening to make that live stream feel HD, feel, you know, that quality you want. Right, with lights and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot. But yeah, you definitely have the time. <laughs> I have a garden now. Um, <laughs> we're thinking of getting a pig. It's like dreams are coming true. I know. See, you didn't even realize you wanted it. <laughs> exactly. No, same thing. We're starting a garden too and everything, but it's kind of this strange, I don't know. It's like, it's like a, a limbo. Weird, yeah, yeah. It's like a limbo, but still kind of a return to like, almost like a natural way of life. If that's even something I should say, I don't, I, I don't even know. No, well, I, no, I fully agree. It's, it's, it's somehow, it's like you're more plugged in, but less at the same time. Yeah. It's like things have all become online. They're digital or you're, you're working remote. But then you have this time and you need to stay home. And so it's like cultivating your personal space in a way that people haven't maybe paid attention to in a long time. And so I think that that I, I love that. I think that that's been great. And it's, you know, the, the projects are fixing certain things. I've changed like every faucet in the house. And it's like, who knew it didn't work, but it wasn't working. And then it's like with the band stuff and the music stuff, it's like there's there's no fear that we're stopping. It just changes what that means. It's like making songs to perform live making songs for arenas making songs it's like you make songs for the space that you're going to be in and so if if you're not going to be in any space then i think that that changes the cascade of what kind of music gets created it's just those are like little things and little like a a drop of water going down the rock eventually it changes you know the shape of the rock and i think that that's what we're looking at something that's changing the face of the music industry and changing the face of how music is created and shared that I think, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be long lasting effects of that one way or another. It's not necessarily a negative thing, but it, it's going to change things or it has already changed things. Well, regardless of what's to come, I mean, this, this album's going to be here soon. This, this new baby is going to be released into the world. So. It is. Baby's coming. We can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on this as well as being featured in Arian's new album and that's all the questions I have for you today Cammy. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight and chatting with me. Thank you. This was awesome. To learn more about Oceans of Slumber and stay up to date about their upcoming studio album, visit oceansofslumber.com. Visit middlemavenpodcast.com for links to Cammy's social profiles, videos, and read the full transcript of this interview. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe to Metal Maven Podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google.